Hi, I'm Melissa Withers, and this is Unfounded. In each episode, a guest and I tackle a topic about biz building and startup culture, but we do it by asking each other only three questions, one about the past, one about the present, and one about the future. The third question, the one about the future, that's the wild card. We have not shared this question with each other in advance. And that's it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hi, Selena Brown. I am so happy to have you today as a guest on Unfounded. Uh, Our topic today is square peg, round hole. Um, And when I think about identity and the powerful role that it plays in startup culture, I can't think of anyone else uh, that I'd rather talk about this with than you. Uh, And I am so happy to have you here today. We are going to tackle this topic with just three questions. One looks to the past, one speaks to the present, and the third leans to the future. Uh, As you know, uh, we've given each other a sneak peek uh, into questions one and two about the past and the present. Question three, the what about the future? That one's the wild card, and we have not shared that with each other in advance. As you also know, uh, no formal bios on this show, but for anyone watching or listening, you can read about Selena's incredible experience as a designer, as an innovator, as an entrepreneur in the show notes. But instead of a bio, I've asked Selena to uh, pick three words to describe herself before we jump into the conversation. So Selena, three words. (laughs) Three words, okay. Um, Designer, um, mom, queer, and I have to add a fourth word, black. Well, Selena, who am I to imprison you with my rules of only three words since we're here to talk about breaking your identity. So there you have it. I now know that part of your identity is uh, four words. You're a four, you're a four word kind of person. So, um, well, those words I think are, um, are knowing you, they are a reasonable description, but certainly um, so much more to you than those three words could possibly encompass. Um, so, all right, Selena, get into your time machine. I'm going to ask okay. you to look backwards for this question. Boop, 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 boop. So looking back, um, the adoration of archetypal persona, it was such a huge part of startup, of startup culture and history, the hacker, the hustler, the, 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 the hype man, the underdog. Um, I think it's been so easy for entrepreneurs to be defined by those roles rather than be revising and refining them. And I think now we're finally starting to talk about how incredibly unwelcoming these archetypes uh, were to, well, mostly everyone uh, except the dudes and those coming from networks of privilege. Um, So it's the beginning of that conversation. What was your experience uh, bumping up against these archetypes and how do you think it's impacted your journey? Um, thank you for asking that. Um, Cause when I saw the question, I didn't realize that there was friction, right? Because these lived experiences, you don't necessarily do that kind of introspective, introspective work in the moment. Um, it's often when you get to reflect. So, it wasn't until you asked that question that I realized that that, that archetype had con- was constraining. Um, I also think because I have a queer identity, there's, there's a gendered kind of function, right? In that archetype that I often dismiss because I've had to dismiss kind of the, the gendered norms um, since preschool, right? Um, so I, I don't necessarily, I didn't, 
um, I didn't think about it in that way initially, um, but I can see how um, it did shape um, how I, I showed up um, and limited how I showed up. And, and my translation of those terms like hacker, hipster and um, hustler, um, the hustler piece felt, um, and, and maybe again, the context was different, um, didn't feel too far from how I thought about my work because I had to hustle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, I took those archetypes, I, I always blended um, and found identity within that as opposed to identifying with one track or the other. So yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I, and I might have been participating in reinforcing that now that I think about it um, because I wasn't critically thinking about um, the boundaries. Um, because I don't often, I don't, I don't know that I often think about it. And I think we, we've come to like a point in our society where we've matured around, you know, identity politics and kind of formalized language, language around that um, and, and brought that into kind of conversations that didn't necessarily make space for that. Um, everything from pop culture to kind of corporate. Um, so yeah, it, it, it I'm gonna pause there, because um, yeah, what was your experience? Well, is that my question? <laughs> oh, I'm cheating. <laughs> I set this up this way because all I do is talk. So um, I, I think your point about retrospection and maybe that's the moment we're living in is really a uh, as a, a time of uh, as individuals and change agents, we're really still uh, looking back at our own experience to help it, to help us be better advocates, right? Looking forward, so. I, I think I think I think anybody listening is going to get your gist on that one, for sure. Yeah. All right, you got to hit me up with your question about the about the about the past. Um, and you can change it. You can make it that if you want. <laughs> no, I, I mean you you introduce it in, in a concept that was um, not necessarily at the forefront for me. So, what was that experience for you? Well, I think like you, it's only, it's a very recent phenomena that I'm even looking back at it. I mean, I didn't live my life that way. I didn't have the time for it. Um, you know, the, you know, like a little bit about my backstory. I was the first person to go to college. Like I just, I had to hustle and I had a lot of privilege, um, you know, just going into it, but not compared to a lot of people I was racing against around me. Um, I think I absorbed a lot of those identities and tried to play with them and smush them together and fit myself into them. I, I think probably where it had the most detrimental effect on, on me as a professional was, was around imposter syndrome. Because I never fully looked like those other identities, I, I, I think I never, I never felt honestly com like comfortable in those clothes or, or that I didn't deserve to wear those clothes. I now realize I didn't feel comfortable in those clothes because those clothes are not one size fits all. And really, um, yeah. I'm, I'm my own identity and I, I borrow a lot from different identities, particularly as a generalist. Um, but I think probably the biggest impact was it's taken me a really long time to feel proud of my work and to feel like I genuinely deserve to be part of the conversation and that I wasn't just um, borrowing one of these costumes from the, from the um, archetypal library uh, and kind of masquerading um, with bits and pieces of that. So I think the biggest impact was probably on self-esteem and on that, that just that feeling all the time that you know, the other shoe was gonna drop or I was gonna get found out or I was gonna just fuck something up so bad that you know I was gonna get booted off the island. Um, and I think that's <laughs> the thing about identity, right? Um, but I certainly, I would say on the positive side, uh, I'm very conscious of it. And now I think I give 
others that I work with more freedom and flexibility to not um, have to align themselves so strictly with one of the roles that we've come to value so highly in startup land, right? Like to recognize that maybe there's like roles that were always there, but we just didn't have names for them or roles that we didn't need then that we need now. And now we're developing a new language for that. So I think it on the positive side, I think it's given me the ability to be a much more open thinker with uh, a new generation of entrepreneurs about the role that identity plays in business building and really trying to flip that around and see it as more of an asset and you know how do you how do you use that to create energy and excitement inside your company and rather than try to constantly um, be apologizing for who doesn't look the way that they're supposed to look so um, all right we're back to today the terra firma of now so we're thinking about today so it's questions about about the present um, okay Selena what can advocates and allies do to accelerate the pace of change and create more space for different identities to be seen and respected and valued in our startup culture? Hmm. Um, so that, that, that's a funny question, right? Because I, I don't know that we can define it because culture doesn't necessarily get defined, right? It's emergent. Right. Um, so I, I, I feel like I'm hopeful that the convert, like the, the future is is different, you know, they're, they're, I'm hopeful that, you know, the people coming into the market are forcing change. Um, change that I was never, um, that I, I, I couldn't even identify. I couldn't see because I normalized it so much. Um, and then, you know, they, they're, I, I don't know that I can even um, deliver the kind of, be the kind of change that they're going to be, right? I can't imagine it because my mental models, my paradigms are so rooted in these concepts that I've normalized. Um, so I'm hopeful, right? I, I don't, I don't imagine that we can lead that effort. I think we need to follow as much as possible um, and let let them lead. I think there are are groups that do not have voices that I I I hope that we create space for because I feel like in the mark. It's not as simple as a marginalized group. It's it's just kind of the folks on the fringes, right? Um, you there's yeah. there's a lot of innovation there to just survive. Um, you have to do so much to be safe, um, to get access, right? You, you, there's just a couple of hurdles, and I and I think those hurdles kind of um, in in those hurdles in that effort there are threads. There 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 are new paradigms. There are new models. Um, that will become emergent and take shape. So I never think about it as like something that we can proactively do. I think that the, the thing that um, like we can proactively define, I think the thing that we can do is just kind of create space um, for it to become what it becomes. Um, because I, I think when we try to define it, we, we often screw it up. Um, and I don't think we can possibly define it what's to yeah. come because we have no perspective. Um, our paradigms are so screwed. Um, like I completely normalized this hacker hipster and hustler. And it wasn't until you stated that question that I was just like, oh my God, what did I do? <laughs> what did that yeah. mean? Um, what did I perp um, perpetuate? Um, who did I not protect? Um, who did I silence, right? Um, so yeah, I, I, um, my, I don't know that there's a clear recommendation other than we have to create space and we have to be uncomfortable and we have to feel, you know, we have to fall on our uh, face and, you know, um, 
and sit in the truth of what we kind of perpetuated. I think that that's the hardest yeah. thing to do. And and, and that and that maybe be. like yeah, not like the not fixing it, <laughs> not thinking that narcissism, right? That we have the fix, right, for the next generation. Like that's probably I, I um, think possibly have super the fix. important. Yeah, I think of of, of groups that um, that I think are in the best position to fix it is I, you know, I look to the trans community, um, specifically the trans community of color. I mean, this is a group that has, you know, is defying gravity um, yeah. and pushing for like unimaginable change from like body to yeah. um, health, to healthcare, to, you know, yeah. how we think about um, sports, right? So I, I think in those most, um, the folks on the fringe um, represent the opportunity for the most change mm. can bring the most change to. Um, that makes sense. I feel um, you. Yeah. Sometime we'll we'll uh, in another episode I uh, talk about the um, that whole idea about not bequeathing onto the new generation your coping mechanisms. <laughs> that actually like <laughs> don't assume that like they're gonna even take as much bullshit as you did, and that they're gonna like that they're gonna even want to cope with it. And instead, like I have a. I had a whole I had a whole realization about working with women founders about me not bequeathing to them my coping yeah. behaviors and let them yes. take in more you know more fights. So, um, okay, uh, hit me up with your question about the present. Um, what are you hopeful for? You know, I'm hopeful for a lot. Um, I think what you just said about listening and making space it's it's not natural for me and some of that I think is my might comes from that in that just that sense of privilege that like actually just mostly white people have that we're supposed to be involved in everything <laughs> but it that, that and then and then we can be do-gooders if we you know we get involved in a good way I think it's um when I think about my work with a new generation of entrepreneurs I am becoming more and more cognizant of the risks of of problem solving through the lens of my experience and still finding places to to jump in and help and if you like see them falling off a cliff like reaching out and like there's an extreme version of that where you, like I don't think we need to let everyone you know feel everything the way that we felt it but I think your your point about making space and I am really hopeful about how aggressive and assertive and bullish people on the outside are being about taking that space. Yeah. Um, younger women, women, the women, some of the women founders I work with are some of the most annoying founders <laughs> I've ever worked with. Like, like they just like, they're so annoying. And, and, um, and I just want, like, sometimes I want to like throttle them. Um, but I, I'm really seeing that uh, it kind of in, in the upside down and in aggregate, um, I think we're seeing those changes and I am hopeful about that. It's uncomfortable sometimes and it's and it's and it's rough and it's disruptive and and I think it's not and I certainly don't envy those those people on that frontier, right? Who still get still get brutalized all the time. Um, I mean, even even in my experience, I still see uh, just horrendous things are said and done to me all the time in professional contexts. Um, yeah. By mostly by by the older men that I work with, but I'm really hopeful that the it's just the sheer like brass balls uh, <laughs> uh, that I just like I'm kind of like I'm I'm in, I'm hopeful about that, and um, it's a very I, I think it's what's gonna um, keep the keep the momentum. So. Okay, and Selena, buckle up. Time for another time jump. We are headed to the future. <laughs>
Um, I know. I got. I need to get like a sound effect machine. I just got like Back to the Future Saturday. I can't imagine someone listening to this thinking like, "Oh my God, if she makes that boop boop noise one more time." Um, so I think if we lock in, maybe lock arms, right? There really is going to be uh, some cultural sea change here. And I, I think your your concept about culture, you know, you don't change it; it kind of changes you. Like it's going to happen whether we want it to or not. Um, and I do think we can keep this genie out of the bottle around um, building more inclusive ecosystems. Um, Speaking of bequeathing, um, what's one change that you would most want to secure for future generations um, if you if you could bequeath it or secure it for them today? Cool. Um, Jesus. Not Jesus. That's not the change. Um, not, not more, not, like more, <laughs> like not more cowbell and not, and not more Jesus. <laughs> no. No. Um, that's a hard one. Um, because I try so hard not to. Um, right, because you don't know what you don't know what they want, right? So it's kind of a and now it's kind of a stupid question given everything you said, but no, no it's something stupid. Yeah. But there, there, there's, there, there's, there's a value piece here, and I wonder if that's the way to think about it. Okay, what value to carry forward? Um, I want, I want to say that it feels like we're at. Um, there's a lot of tension, right? Um, there's a lot of momentum that that has, you know, was born out of the tension that that erupted over the past. I want to say eight years because I don't think it's as simple as um, one presidency. I, I think that that inertia had been building through the Obama administration, right? All of the kind of, yeah, you know, this is divisive, whatever that means. Um, I hope that that continues to spread like the, the the globalization of that um is a key part of how people move forward versus the localization of it i think because it that i feel like that is new um in comparison to like the civil rights movement the suffrage movement those are very mm. local right and so those norms and those I ideas kind of remained local for the most part we didn't understand how they translated to other cultures so I think that that is absolutely new to our society, and it's a function of technology. Um, it's a function that you know we're all kind of hyper connected, um, and I, and I'm curious to see how that really kind of evolves because there there's a lot to reconcile there, right? From a, a really uh, I, I don't yeah to to kind of localize localize it will inadvertently. Um, kind of make it kind of Western centric, which is not. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it'll mutate in ways good and bad. And it'll just, it, but just by, it'll be very different uh, within, in a globalized state instead of a hyper-local state. Yeah. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. It, 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 um, I, I'm fortunate enough to be connected to like Black Panthers and, and folks who can reflect on the civil rights movement. Yeah. And the thing that they said that struck me was like, they've never seen kind of the, the world respond in the way that they did. Um, yeah. And I, I didn't have that context to know that that wasn't normal, right? And that yeah. was a new dimension to how we're thinking about these problems. Um, yeah. And that's, that's just amazing. Right? Yeah, and like, certainly with the globalization of entrepreneurship, right? All it like, and building companies now with distributed, like you can really see how all that is poised yes. to like really it's going to be, I won't all be good, but it's going to, it will be substantively, functionally, 
cosmetically different, um, different than some of the last um, iterations on Revolution that we've had. Yeah. Damn, drop the mic. All right, what? Um, girl, launch me into tomorrow. <laughs> Ask me about the future. I've got my crystal ball. I'm ready. Um, where, what kind of founders do you think this will create? I am so excited already about the the diversification of the founder identity, like who gets to use it, who even gets to call themselves that, who's electing not to call themselves that, right? In a act of protest, right? And, and coming up with new names that liberate them maybe from the baggage that comes with the label founder, right? Like mm. be a builder, be something else. Like I'm seeing so much change. I mean, I worry for those who don't have safety nets, I know from my own experience um, how how high risk entrepreneurship is. How most things fail, and yeah. um, the cost of those failures. We don't. We have a hard time talking about them comfortably because for the first generation of founders, most of them had something to fall back on. Right? They had college educations. They had familial wealth. They had. They could go get jobs in other startups. And um, for yeah. those that are coming out of out of less privileged networks into startup culture and um, and, and in many communities already being entrepreneurs, we just didn't bless them with the titles. I mean, there's whole communities that had to build their own businesses because no one else was going to build them for them anyway, um, since yeah. the dawn of time. Right. So, um, yeah. but we, but the, the, have, the owners of the narrative just didn't bequeath those titles. So I'm really excited about just a whole new explosion of the identity itself. And I think um, even for me, I, I still think the word founder, even though I, I, I have been one, feels weird. I feel like just because so much in the narrative kind of comes stuffed into it that I then you have to unpack and kind of shed, right? Whether it's about how you're gonna fundraise or not fundraise, whether you're gonna be a unicorn or you just wanna build a really big business. Like it, like all of the eye rolls and narrative that comes with it. I think this new generation of, of founders is diversifying in such a way that they just not have no interest in that and not bringing, it's like the whole Louis Vuitton luggage suite of baggage. They're just <laughs> leaving it at the curb. Like they, you know, like moving on with like bare minimal, uh, bare, bare minimalist gear um, in backpacks. And I think, I think in the future, just even how we bequeath the, or um, benight people with that is going to become so much less precious. And I think in doing so, ultimately, you know, demystify and deheroicize it too. Like this, I, you know, I think we've gone a little crazy with the, you're only a, you're only a, a, an innovator or a hero if you found, if you're a founder. I mean, do you know how many businesses would fail if the founders didn't have really talented people to like go on the ride with them? Like I, I think the whole concept of how businesses get built, hierarchies, the kind of adoration of the founder, and the and the investor and the mentor as these arc. I think in general, this new generation is just gonna like through everything from crowdfunding to globalization through distributed teams through just new concepts of ownership and things like blockchain. I mean, you name it. How we think about uh, ownership, connectivity, contribution. I mean, the gig economy is a great example of a whole generation of people that just no longer think that they need only do one thing. Um, people are doing many things at once. And so maybe one is that you're technically a founder, but the other one, you're a contributor. I just think the whole thing's flattening really fast. And it's um, in some ways, it's taking away some of the ceremony, some of the pomp and circumstance, and it's deprivileging people who had a tight grip on the power associated with those titles should they be granted to you, right? Serial entrepreneur, like, you know, like mm. third time founder, you know, 
highly funded guy. Like I think he's getting flat. And now it's gonna be like, what'd you do? How'd you do it? Right. And did you get paid, man? Like I so I'm really excited about just the like maybe never using the word founder again. Like instead having a much broader set of words and toolkits to describe all of the entrepreneurial persona that go into innovation and that go into making, you know, new things work. Um, because maybe you just, because it's what fits you better, but it's, it's just so narrow. So I'm really excited about, about kind of, you know, burning the whole thing down, um, and coming up with a, <laughs> with a whole new language that I like that works for me. Um, but I, to your point, I think already, like we're seeing a new generations of, of entrepreneurs, just picking new words to describe themselves and changing titles and deciding to define themselves in ways that we sometimes don't like because they don't match our norms. I mean, you and I, how many times did we talk about the co-CEO thing uh, one time when we were working together, right? And how how that just like, and now I look back at that. I'm like, why was I so bent about that? Like, why was I so bent about that, right? Like there's just so much going on there that I think it's just gonna flatten. Um, and they, yeah, so. All right, I'm, not, I, I'm going off now. I can feel myself sliding off the rails. And that's it. We have come, <laughs> we're back. The time machine has gone around the, around the world and we're back in our day-to-day -day world now and going back to doing our other things. Um, uh, so yeah, so that's it. Um, thank you so much uh, for being a part of this conversation. I can't wait to see you again in person. Uh, it kills me. Some of my friends and most beloved colleagues are like 40 miles away and I still can't see you, but so soon, so soon. Uh, we'll be there. Um, so thanks again, Selena. And um, I can't wait to talk with you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for this.